Hello, people of Earth. This is Jonathan Ramirez, and this is a culmination. You know, I have to say, I have to be honest here in saying that this podcast is a, it's like a fourth recording. I sat down and I recorded like four different podcasts, four different rants, and I decided I have to take a mixture of that rant, that passion, and I have to take organization and structure and meld those things together. Because an hour-long rant for my first podcast is not going to help people get to know who I am. If I have a little bit of a, you know, a passionate rant in me, I kind of control it, I control the Hulk, then I can go get my point across, keep people listening, and at the same time give you information. So, basically, who is Jonathan Ramirez? Well, I'm basically this kid. I mean, I'm a kind of a half kid. I'm going into a man. I'd call myself a young man right now. I'm an introspective guy. I can take a look at myself with separating my ego and caring about what others think about me because I'll say this. I've dissolved my ego a few times. You, you just got to really diminish that thing when you can and just look within yourself. And I have to say that I'm a young man at this point. Life is putting me through trials. It has put me through trials and it's still doing so. I'm 21. Um, you know, I uh, I just turned 21. And it, I'm still going through the challenges that life's presented me. Tr- uh, trials and tribulations. You know, and I'm not going to get into too much detail. But, you know, it's just, it's things that we all go through at some point. And this is kind of, you know a point in my life where I'm getting introduced to a kind of a lot of the strife that comes with being a human on this planet so I wanted to make this podcast mostly to kind of bring more positivity in this world of strife um, at this point you know my podcast is running off of a small one microphone synthesizer setup synthesizer mic I got like a little uh, audio mixer just to get myself going and I'm at the beginning stages Th- this is humble beginnings at this point but I know that I want to take this further than anything I've ever done and with the aid of things I'm doing in my life I plan to do that so what what more about me who's talking here well, do I know you well no you don't know me but I'm going to make sure you do by the end of this podcast and I'm going to make sure it doesn't take too long I live in California um, we live in a very hot time and a very volatile time in terms of the politics of my country, of the United States. I'm a proud American. Uh, I grew up here. My mother is a legal immigrant and my father was born in Oakland. And, um, both of them are, you know, you'd probably mistake them for white if you really just saw them on the street. They're very, uh, Americanized, I guess is a good term but uh they're very good people my parents i love them dearly and uh you know early on in my life they had gotten a divorce and you know that put me through my first trials in life i had to say my first introduction to real conflict and getting things taken away from you, you don't want taken away and having further complications in life that you never even thought of before that was my first introduction but if i could go back and do everything all over again i wouldn't change anything because I would not change anything due to the fact that I learned so much from that and I'm at a very happy point in my life and so are my parents, you know, in terms of how we're living and how my relationship with them has been. 
this is exactly how things were supposed to turn out. So, uh, living in California, I currently stay with my mother. Um, I'm going to have to say that. You know, I'm in college. I'm a college college dude right now, student. I've been a student my whole life. I'm a student of the game, you know, whether it comes to academics, life. Because you can't just be a student of academics. you got to go out and live life as well, life experience. Go out in the cities and have these shady experiences sometimes, you know. Do what you got to do. To learn all aspects of life when you can. Because if you deprive yourself from a certain aspect of life, whether it be depriving yourself from true academics or depriving yourself from other parts of life, uh, such as traveling or going and going out with your peers and your friends, whatever, uh, depriving any sort of human necessities in life, whether they be social, whatever, you can't do it because you need to live life in a balance. I learned this in my philosophy class and I just, you know, it was like an ethics class, but I really liked it because it was a class that really promoted discussion with each other. And I really talked with cool people and I learned that life, I think this was, uh, you know, one of those Greek guys, I can't really think of names right now, but my goal is to take some nootropics when I do podcasts in the future. So I have like this access to info. And sometimes have Google open instead of my little uh, outline that I have here so I stay on track. And one of those Greek guys was saying that balance is the key to life. I think it was uh, Aristotle. Maybe wrong. I don't know. Don't quote me, but look it up. Balance is the key to life. You have to live life balanced. You can't be party guy 100% of the time because you're going to run out of money. You're going to run out of friends. You're going to run out of loved ones. And then you get all alone. You can't be... Uh, by the books guy all the time because you're going to be too in the books to pay attention to everybody else. What's the key there? You have to balance whatever you're doing in life, the work, the party, with loved ones, with friends, with everything. You have to balance everything in order to function as a fully healthy human being. I'm learning that. We are very social creatures. And that's one of the ways we survive. We got that frontal lobe, that cerebral cortex that we were given through our evolution. And we got to use that. We got to interact with humanity, really work this tool that is our brain. And that's what I'm doing through uh, my podcast. That's something I really want to do. And I really want to have long, t- long form conversation that really doesn't have to be masked or censored or any sort of way. Because I think that discussion of any topic is important. And I think when you have a an intelligent discussion and I'm not trying to say intelligent and decide try to sound condescending I'm trying to say when you have a discussion you look at things subjectively without having any personal bias involved and you can really dissect a subject it's a really beautiful thing and it really yields a lot of very interesting information and it just kind of promotes the general sense of uh, intellectualism and I'm not trying to say these words to sound condescending like oh, I'm an intellectual and you're not no, I don't give a, I, I don't like putting labels on myself. I really don't. I am me and you are you, and that's how life is. But looking at things from a more subjective and intellectual level really yields benefits for anyone who listens to this conversation because you're not limiting things, you're not limiting the subjects to to mere sound bites like you have in the mass media and interviews. You don't have five-minute interviews. You don't have 
little sound bites that can be taken out of context. Long form conversations and interviews conducted in the form of a podcast or like a sit down kind of conversation. That's superior because you have a person who's not under pressure. They're not, well, in most cases, at least me right now, I'm not sitting with anybody famous or anybody that's important to me or anything trying to like discuss crazy stuff. I'm not doing any of that right now. I'm by myself in my room rambling on. But what it's doing is I am both trying to yield information, stay interesting, and try to think about a way that I can bring about a more clear form of information and a more human form because that's the thing we dehumanize a lot of we do humanize ourselves through the media through uh war through whatever there's a lot of stuff in our society that dehumanizes individuals and that it's kind of scary i mean if you watch shows like black mirror um which i me and my friends were discussing is kind of like akin to a modern twilight zone i mean I want to go back and watch a bunch of old Twilight Zone because that stuff's trippy too. But the Black Mirror, it really brings into play this this technological age that we're in alongside moral uh, dilemmas. And the one about, it was the one with, it was called 15, I think it's 15 million merits or I don't know if it's billion or million, but uh, it's a very good one, very good episode. It was in this first season. And uh, what happened was there was like a facility. I'm not going to spoil it, but one of the scenes in the work facility that they were in, they had these janitors that would go by and clean where they were working. And they had these simulations while they were working. And it showed these janitors as like these really like enemies. Like there was like a mini game they would play where the janitors would be attacking them and they would shoot them like doomed. Like what the hell? And like, they're dehumanizing these janitors so as such there would be some of these people would like spit in the janitors call them names fuck off you know like really like hilarious british like it was like a british theme like they were i don't know but like you yeah pick up me trash you fucking ninny like stupid but it's really scary because it was kind of one a symbol of how technology kind of creates this barrier where we don't care about the shit that we talk and two the dehumanization of each other that we're experiencing when you see people on social media you're you're not looking at people you're not sitting in their presence and talking to them you're sitting at a screen and looking at text and it that this text represents them sure but you're not looking at them you're not looking at their their feelings you're not feeling their presence because i i do know this we live in a very complex world and we do have physical science to explain ourselves explain the world we live in but we have to consider the fact that we have a consciousness and this consciousness is deep within our brain our brain is the vehicle for our consciousness two separate entities Consciousness is me right now talking to you, John Ramirez, my personality, and the brain is also me, cerebral cortex and stuff, wherever my consciousness lies. I use the term soul and consciousness interchangeably, so 
you know, if you have reservations about these terms, don't. Because I use these terms interchangeably and it describes the same thing. Your personality, your consciousness isn't just your brain. You know, different parts of it make up, you know, the, the chemistry of it makes up what you are. But your consciousness is what brought about that chemistry. You get me? I hope you do. Now, follow me. Your brain is the vehicle, is uh, your body rather, is the vehicle for your brain. So now you ha I have this body in which I'm speaking this language, using my mouth to make sounds, certain sounds, and I am conveying messages through my body, through my mouth, into this microphone and onto the internet. So using this vehicle, I'm able to go about the physical life. However, there are different dimensions to this life, not only physical, different realms. Do you understand me? I, th I firmly believe that. There are different ways to understand this. I will dive into those ways with other people because explaining it by myself kind of makes me sound crazy as I analyzed on my last podcast. But just considering the fact that we're kind of residing in the physical because we are limited to our physical vehicle, you know, our... Our consciousness can transcend the physical and we can get glimpses of other dimensions, other areas of our realm, our space that aren't currently present in our physical. We can't detect them with our eyes. We can't detect them with our body. But, you know, there's different there's different dimensions here and dimensions are at play with i think animals you know animals see things you know people say babies see things i don't know that's one of my theories um talking about here let's go back to here that was just kind of an idea i wanted to get across i'm in california i live in the bay area uh, i live in northern california and i live 15 miles south of oakland and I live about 20, 23 miles north of San Jose. So smack dab in the middle of the two major northern California cities besides San Francisco. Um, I'm on the side of what we call the East Bay. And the East Bay is the east side. Uh, that's part of the greater landmass of California. Whereas you have also the peninsula, which kind of branches off. And then in the middle you have, obviously, the bay. And so I'm in the East Bay. For, this is for anybody who's not listening to the hope this gets beyond california so i'm just trying to explain some context to those wherever those others are those others who am i <laughs> um anyways and it's very it's a very challenging time here that's why I'm, I'm living with you know my mother at the at this point my parents are trying to help me through college and i'm very thankful to them for that that they're willing to do that <coughs> excuse me and I'm really very thankful that they're willing to support me because at this point, I have a couple theories about this new society we live in. First of all, I just had to drink some water. Let's consider the fact that 18 is a kind of a weird number to be considered an adult. I could see back in the day, hundreds of years ago, it was even just hundreds of years ago. You can't say thousands because obviously thousands of years ago, the life expectancy was very, very short. It was only at about 40 to 50. However, considering the fact that this life expectancy was all the way up until about a hundred, hundreds of years ago when medicine started coming around, 18 was an 
age to be considered as an adult because you don't have much time after 18, man. Back in the day, and I'm talking about maybe pre-1900s, you know, possibly 1800s, 1700s and pre, uh, you know, prior to that. All of that was short life expectancy and you better get all your stuff done within 40, 50 years or you're done. And uh, 18 was considered an adult age. And, you know, women, girls were getting married and having children as young as 14, 15. So this was a, a completely different time. We live in a separate society. We have modern medicine. We have all these different cultural values now. We have all this different stuff. And we still kind of hold this 18 rule as an independence one if you get the opportunity to go away to a four-year college and live by yourself and experience that independence do it do it do it do it i am not in that position right now i'm just about to get into a university because i had to grind it out at a community college because i fucked up in high school a little bit didn't finish my math class all the way through ended up have to go to community college wasn't a bad thing community college is cheaper and now I can go to a, a, a university when I'm actually prepared for a university fully. I got to credit my high school in Hayward for getting me ready for that. But in, in terms of going back to where I live, two major cities. I live right in the middle. I've lived in this area my whole life. I've lived in, uh, I was born in an area called Hayward. It was a city. It's a city. It's, it's pretty decent size. It's not a big city. It's not like a metropolitan city, but it's like a it's an urban space for sure especially the downtown and it's a very residential area a lot of the east bay has a, a large bulk of residential areas and uh hayward was one of them a very it was very blue collar working class town when i was growing up it was a quieter town uh the areas of southern hayward and and um yeah south hayward was was where i'm from that's the 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 southern part right before you get to Union City. So there's a lot of these cities. And you go north and south, you kind of go through each city. When you go south of Oakland, you hit, uh, you know, areas like San Leandro, San Lorenzo, and Castro Valley. Um, below that, you have my hometown, you know, go south a little more. You go have my hometown of Hayward. Southmore, you hit Union City. Southmore, you hit Fremont. So there's these different cities and... The, the further south you go, the, the ugh, can't talk right now. The the more variation you have, um, but it's generally those cities are the largest, and the city of Hayward is probably the largest in the, uh, of those areas. Fremont is growing pretty rapidly at this point. Fremont is expanding hugely, and that's because it's very close to Silicon. It, it's in proximity to Silicon Valley, and it's just in its own right, a very large residential area where a lot of tech workers live. Um, and again, that's because of its proximity to Silicon Valley, which has a lot of the tech stuff that's going on in California right now. Um, and that's in part why everything is so expensive here. It's hard here. Um, it's very, it's, this is one of the most expensive spots in the world besides Los Angeles. And uh, I'm talking, you know, in the United States, in, in my state of California, where I'm at right now, is probably the most expensive you can get besides Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I would have to say, because it is crazy here. A median income here, uh, you know, I could look this up, 
But going off of the numbers that I saw in the news, median, hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. That's insanity. My parents are doing well for themselves, and I gotta shout out to them because they work hard for it. But the median income is a hundred something thousand. I believe that is what the numbers at. Now I'm trying to go online and look this up, trying to be official here. But what I'm saying is it's tough times, and right now I'm just trying to build myself up, build uh, my podcast in order to kind of make that. A job for myself I want to do this in order to make this a, a really a content a content driving production that I put on you know I want to be able to put out content constantly put have guests on have different guests on people that are important to me and people that I find interesting and uh, people that are important to society today um, I'm hopefully I could branch out as fast as I can in that regard but um, wow yeah see this is one of the faults of trying to do a podcast early on with bare bones equipment I would have to say I don't have that much processing power I mean I have a lot of storage a hell of a lot of storage but this computer lacks RAM I have like 2 gigabytes of RAM maybe 4 gigabytes it's one of the two but it's stuck there I wanted to freaking, I was like, well, shit, maybe I should just go bulk up to 16 gigabyte RAM, try to see what I could do. I don't care what I got to do. But I asked my friend who's good with computers. He says, listen, with this, with this computer, I looked it up for you. They're bolted in and they're stuck in there. So you can't add RAM. So I am stuck here with bare bones equipment, but I can run audacity. I can record. And guess what? I'm not going to complain. Life is putting me through the ringer right now. And I, I'll tell you what. I've had hard times recently, but the hard times don't last. I'm going to talk about this quote really quick. And I wrote this. And I want to, you know, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I study literature. I study hip-hop. You know, that's a form of literature to me because if you get to the really top artists of the game, their lyricism, you have to regard that as art. Literature, writing, uh, you know, that that's my realm right now. And... I find that, you know, like cinema, shows, comedy, any sort of creative venture using words, using messages, it's very powerful to me. Just And the art of communication itself, me sitting here trying to go through and piece, and piece, piece by piece get my thoughts out in a stream of consciousness so that I can make it a, uh, a piece of audio content, it, it's, it's a little challenging, I have to say, but it's something that I enjoy thoroughly. I think this is one of my passions. I just really do. And um, doing this is really something I had on the on my horizon, at least for a long time. I watch podcasts now that I get a lot of inspiration from. Um, you know, just, you know, I'm sure there's millions of people. I'm sure there's hundreds of people who've gone on podcasts that will tell you they're a fan and they're inspired by Joe Rogan and his podcast. So I will say that's one of my major podcasts that I watch. I also watch the Joey Diaz podcast and I just watch these podcasts and what they're doing is nothing short of doing what they want to do, talking about what they want to talk about with guests they want to have on. I find that inspiring, doing what you want to do. And I just want to do that. That's all I'm stuck on at this point because at this point, 
I'm not extremely happy in my life. There's challenges. There's challenges, but I'm finding happiness through my discipline. And that's why I'm going to talk about this quote because I, I talked about being a writer and that creativity. And I'm a writer. And uh, I wrote this quote down. It kind of sounds better now that I pieced it out. Wisdom and character are forged in the fires of suffering. Wisdom and character are forged in the fires of suffering. I wrote that down and I'm just, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm becoming a man through the trials I'm going through. And I'm only going to keep growing. I'm only going to keep going up and getting better and better at podcasting, better at jujitsu, better at video games, better at uh, exercise, whatever I'm doing in my life. Went over a few of my passions there. So this is a good segue. Uh, first of all, uh, what could I say? Uh, there's a few things I'm going to be talking about. Possibly. A big thing I'm going to talk about with a few of my really good friends I plan to have on. Video games. Video games are a rapidly growing massive media in this country. And I'm not going to say they're a media in themselves. They're a platform for people. Video games have become a vastly social experience. People try to equate video games with negativity, saying you're going to shut yourself in. You're going to live this virtual world. I live in a world where I grew up with friends who always told me in school. I still, uh, you know, I still have these friends that I made in grade school. We're probably going to be friends forever. But, uh, oh my God, friends forever. That sounded kind of corny. But listen, these guys told me at the earliest stages of my life, yo, you should get Xbox Live. You should get Xbox. Hey, yo, John, get Xbox. And this was already going back to the earliest stages of my life when I was like three that I could remember. My cousins had a Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64 was the first thing I played, and there were some iconic games on there. But what was it? It was a social experience. I always sat down with my cousins and played with them and laughed with them, had great times with them, messed around. And that's what video games gave us, especially in communities where we weren't especially well off with a lot of uh, experiences. You know, we could do whatever we want over here, like growing up, not at whatever we want. You know, there's obviously limits to bear, but there's a lot of cool stuff to do around here. But me growing up, I wasn't, you know, blessed. I could go to Great America here and there. I could, uh, you know, go play around with my friends, go do this, spend the night. But my parents were hardworking and, you know, we didn't have a lot of extra money to go around. So video games was something that I could constantly get enjoyment out of and connect with a lot of my friends with that wasn't necessarily that expensive. I know consoles are hundreds of dollars, but listen, it's like an investment. I bought my Xbox One and back in 2014, shit's still kicking. Knock on wood, let me find some fucking wood in my room. But shit's still kicking. And it, I've invested in it and I get enjoyment out of it. It's like a hobby I have and it's a very social hobby. The friends that I was talking about that I came up with grade school in, I got Xbox with them early on and that was it. I had a social experience with people online and there was these formative social experiences that you got to have in, in some way, shape or form. I hung out with these friends outside of playing the video games and then, you know, when you're stuck at home, you play video games with them and you still get, how, uh, excuse me, Jesus, but I'm going to be real on this podcast. I'm going to let my burps go. You get a good time. You get a legitimate experience, positive experience with them. And um, 
a big part of video games for me was the interactivity. You know, I was always a guy when I was watching movies as a little kid, I was jumping around trying to copy what the dudes were doing. What video games gave me was that platform to do that. I watched some Jet Li movie, him whooping ass in like Shanghai or wherever this crazy country in place in China was. And then they came out with the video game too. I forgot what Jet Li video game it was, but it lets you beat up dudes just like in the movie. You get to double wield guns and run around. And that was just iconic for me. So as a little kid, I got a lot of games of of different types of media that I liked. I had a SpongeBob game, Battle for Bikini Bottom. SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom was one of my most iconic games. I, I could still play it to this day. It's essentially a role-playing game with SpongeBob. And it's amazing. Quests, freaking, it's amazing. And um, it was one of my earliest games on PS2. So video games have always been a social experience. And now they've grown to be such a massive social experience that you have streamers. You have profitability from people who are broadcast doing the same thing as podcasting. They're broadcasting their personality and their their fun online for people who want to watch. And they, they grow to have these high profiles. And then you have guys like this dude who plays one of the video games I play massively. Fortnite. There's this dude who's really good named Ninja. Uh, I forgot what his actual name is. I'll pull it up on my phone because I don't want to be rude, but my phone's it's nowhere to be seen right now. But there's this dude named Ninja, and you could look him up because that's where you'll find him is by the name of Ninja. And he's extremely good at Fortnite, and through his platform, he's made so much money. But besides the money, he's having fun. He's having fun doing what he loves, and guess what? He's making these power moves. He's reach, He's transcending platforms. He played a, a Fortnite game with Drake, I don't even have to explain how massive Drake is. I'm a massive music fan, so that's another one of my passions. But what what I'm saying is he played a game with Drake, Travis Scott, another massive music, do uh, without goes without saying, and Juju Smith Schuster, who is a Juju is a freaking massive personality in the NFL in his like first year, I believe last year was his rookie year, and he is freaking badass football player, uh, receiver on the Steelers. And he's beast. And uh, he has all these massive personalities from, you know, National Football League, which, again, good transition is one of my, one of my passions I'm probably going to be talking about. But National Football League, massive music uh, uh, personalities. And then you get this massive gamer who's really a, a personality in itself, hilarious. He's just a funny dude. When he play, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much after that you get this massive just draw to this and they broke records on this platform on twitch and they they broke records and they made freaking memes all over twitter about them it was hilarious and it was honestly to me iconic of the culture of video games at this time and uh you know that's that's a massive part of my entertainment movies come secondary to that for me uh but another major passion of mine is martial arts and i say this because it's always been a a part of my life that's brought me positivity in times of darkness when i was uh younger and my parents right after the divorce i moved to union city i mentioned union city before uh you know union city there's a larger union city in new jersey a lot of people get confused when you talk about union city most people think of new jersey well there's a union city in california and this was a quite an iconic city for me in my life i hung around union city a lot as a young guy, as a young delinquent, you know, we all have our delinquent times of life and 
that's this is where I did most of my stomping grounds was Union City. Uh, I didn't really mess around in Hayward too much. I did a lot in my teenage years, um, and uh, in recently, but um, Union City was really my from from about ten to sixteen, seventeen. Union City was the stomping grounds, and uh, I moved there right after um, when my parents split up. Uh, me and my mom moved. I still saw my dad regularly, but me, me and my mom had moved temporarily to my mother's friend's house. And I'm very thankful that she gave us a guest room to live in for that time. And it was a short amount of time. I don't know how long it was, but it was until my mom got enough together and, and she got a new job that would support. We, we were showered with blessings. Uh, you know, what could I say? Uh, my mom got a really tough competitive job at the city of Dublin, which is a rapidly, rapidly growing city over here that's east of the, the rest of the East Bay. So if you have the East Bay, that's like basically the cities that are on the, the coastline of the Bay Area on the east side. If you go more east than that over the hills that kind of keep those cities in, if you go over those hills, you have a, another valley. And there sits Dublin and Pleasanton. And those are two rapidly growing cities, which, again, have a large tech presence. So, Dublin. What was I talking about, Dublin? Yeah, this is what happens. You go on tangents. I did a good job of staying on track. But, um, martial arts is what I was talking about initially. And, uh, when, yeah, Union City. When we first moved... I was talking about Union City for some reason, but I wanted to talk about martial arts. When we first moved, went to Fremont, and then we moved to Union City. And then about that time, when we moved to Union City, I started getting into karate. I started getting into karate. I went to this America's Best Karate in Fremont, and I started picking up karate moves. And I was doing all right. I went up a couple belts, and I started sparring, and I love sparring. But then I, I started slacking off in math class. Math was never the subject I liked. I'm a English guy literature so i was never a proponent of the math class i never enjoyed it i never wanted to give effort and you know eventually i got my shit together in college and i put effort and i finished my math requirements so i'm good now but back then i was a little fuck about with it i didn't really like doing it and i didn't enjoy it so it got in the way of my martial arts i didn't do karate my mom pulled me out of it and i had to get my shit together in school i didn't do martial arts for the longest time fast forward to my second semester of college, junior college, and uh, I moved around a couple colleges, but these most my the one I'm going to finish at my finish my uh, associates at, and then transfer, which is Las Positas, um, they have Taekwondo, so I started taking Taekwondo, got to a green advance there, and I love Taekwondo. I was really good at kicks. I'm flexible, so I could throw kicks. So I learned how to do really good kicks. Uh, after that, I would just I, I got a, a little bit of a home gym set up here with the bag and gloves, and I just go hit the bag. I throw kicks on the bag, and now I'm starting to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I'm at about a couple months in now. I've submit I've gotten my fir uh, first couple submissions uh, in the last month. It was like I got my first submission, and I've gotten a couple now. And I'm really, I think I've gotten two sub uh, top two people during rolling now. So I'm a beginner by far, but I could see my improvement drastically improving and. What martial arts have always given me was this passion about life. Once you're done with that class, you're so calm. You're calm and you feel fine about everything else. You can look at everything else with a more calm view, knowing 
that you're putting yourself through such a tremendous challenge and learning how how to develop these vital skills in terms of self-defense and in terms of discipline in life all of these classes don't just revolve around the, the combat and the the martial art itself they always also revolve around discipline hard work and respect that's the biggest thing and people you know can knock it all they want but martial arts always teaches you respect and discipline there will always be douchebags out there that do martial arts there will be there will be some but where i go everyone is supportive and then the, I, I will say this i guarantee you the mass majority the vast majority of places you go will have positive people there looking to get better so i vastly encourage people to go and and try martial arts because it brought a lot of positivity to my life before and now i'm i'm on my journey man i'm going to keep jujitsu a part of my life until i hit black belt and then I'm going to keep going, you know, I don't really care if it takes me 20 years, I don't care how long it takes me, but I'm going to keep training for what I can and get better and better. And it drives me to be better in other areas. That discipline transfers over to this podcast. It's what made me want to refine it into this podcast. This is the one I'm going to put out. This is the one I had stayed most organized on. And this is the one I enjoyed the most, I, I feel like. Um. So yeah, martial arts, definitely a big one. And that kind of translates into my career my what i have hopes for myself um you know how i have hopes for my future i kind of want to get into the realm of broadcasting um i don't know about journalism maybe i'll take the journal maybe journalism will form but i don't know i really want to broadcast sports i want to be able to commentate sports because that for me is a vital area of not only information but kind of education on a mass scale when you have people watching on tv listening to the commentators that don't know what's going on it's vital to get them to know what's going on because this is a very intricate process namely i'd probably want to commentate football and mixed martial arts i have a vast respect and love for both i have a very huge obsession with obsession with mixed martial arts at the moment but football's always been a very deep love for me ever since I was little. I was, I've was i always been a Raiders fan. I played four years of high school football. And uh, I played at a very, you know, we played at a, I played at a decent level. I wouldn't, I'm not going to go as far to say I was good because I was a bench rider. Uh, my varsity seasons, I did decent my JV year. But uh, my varsity seasons, uh, I did mostly bench. But I worked, you know, I worked as hard as I could when I could. And uh, I have to say in my senior season, I got a lot more playing time and it was pretty fun. But along the way, I gained such a massive respect for the sport and those who play it at the highest levels because we went to these camps. I'm pretty sure a lot of these camps are outlawed at this point. But we, we went to these camps, and uh, they were these camps that had college coaches and NFL coaches sometimes. And when you have people there that play at the highest level, you gain such a tremendous respect for the game at its highest level. So learning about football and schemes, different offensive schemes versus defense different positions stuff like that learning about all of that really instilled a passion in me about the game itself and especially the nfl i don't really support i, I like college football and these guys are putting it all on the line but i don't really support the ncaa and what they're doing because i think these guys should be paid i'm going to be one of the people that says it and i will continue to say it because you got to pay these people they're putting their freaking life there yes they're getting a free education but you need 
you need to give them some sort of compensation for the massive amount of money that is moving through these systems for their for years of their life you know every athlete has a certain amount of years on 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 their career and they sacrifice years when they go through high school and college doubt me not you know what i mean high school and college you always have to account for in terms of a player's career um so football and mma mma i really love because of just its nuance its finality and its explosiveness it's nuanced in the fact that it's a very very intricate uh undergoing i'm not going to call it a sport because it's a sport it's growing as a more view to be more viewed as a sport with the ufc but it's an undergoing it's like an experience uh fighting is you know most combat sports are the same in in this way like kind of like with boxing and stuff like that so with mma i just when i see i see them say fight and i see the two guys score off it's it's like okay here we go what's gonna happen are we gonna see leg kicks okay he's establishing the jab okay he's gonna go for the overhand early all right Oh, he's go okay. He went for a kick to the body. That's good. Side kick. Okay, he's establishing distance. All right, he just shot him for a takedown. Now that's different. Okay, let's see their ground game. You know what I mean? It goes quick, and it's just the the nuance of it really determines who's the most well-rounded and best fighter. Before it was kind of a spectacle when it started, but now you have a high-level showcase of high highly trained martial artists and uh, these guys are training hours and hours a day i train jujitsu an hour a class two times a week three times on a good week maybe but i have not gone three times in a while so i train jujitsu way less than and I'm, i see my improvement these guys are on such a high level so when you see them in, you know when you see the grappling exchanges when they're they attack with this the guy defends attack with that he defends that and then so he does this it's just and the same thing with striking when you see it play out and you you watch it enough it's a process it's like a it's like a passion building process when i first saw the ufc i was about 12 and i was watching highlights on youtube i was like ooh anderson silva dude this is cool and then i saw i don't know if i was 12 it was at some point but maybe it was 12 around when this happened, when Frank Mir snapped Minotaro Noguera's arm. And I saw that for the first time. And uh, he snapped it, and I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, he broke his arm. It's broken. Oh, my God. And, you know, people will have that reaction. I guarantee you when you show them that for the first time. I didn't want to watch it for a while. It was six months. I was like, oh, my God. But then I started watching it again. And I realized that's a very rare occurrence after you start watching it for a while. Things break sometimes. That's a catastrophic ending. But I just gained a passion for it after I started watching it and I realized the finality of it. People get knocked out. People get submitted, choked out, tapped out, limbs broken. Fighting is fighting. And there's nothing more final than that no matter what sport you go to. So that's the passion I gained for fighting. And uh, I just love to explain it to people. Because anytime I explain it to people, I see kind of something light up in their face. They're like, oh, I get it a little more now. I'm interested in this. You know, and I just hate it when people, you know, I went to this party 
a while ago, and it was Carlos Condit versus Damian Maya. And in the beginning, when they were just kind of in, in the feeling out process before Maya took a, a Condit down, Condit was like, he was just measuring him up, trying to land a couple strikes. Just, you know, they weren't doing much, you know, just feeling out process real quick in the beginning of the first round. And somebody at the party had the audacity to say, yeah, well, they dancing around. What the fuck? Dancing? I want to show them this. Look up Lyoto Machida versus Ryan Bader. These are two of the baddest heavyweights in the world. At this point, they were even badder. Now, you look at this fight. Lyoto Machida is freaking counter-striker. He's ready to go. He's ready for whatever. Ryan Bader in this fight was like, I want to go towards the Oda Machida. I don't care. I'm not going to, quote-unquote, dance around, as this gentleman at the party had told me. I fuck. I heard it, and, I, you know, there was a bunch of drunk people there, middle-aged people. They don't know. They don't remember. No, they don't know nothing. What is he doing dancing? It just it, it pissed me off greatly, just deeply. And, uh, you know, at that point, when Bader decided to rush in, not quote-unquote dance around, he goes in, tries to throw a punch, boom! Lyoto Machida with his counter-striker, ready for him, lands a huge right, straight right, hits his chin, Bader ran into it, so it's a little bit more force than just getting hit and punched in the face by a karate black belt. It's more force than that because you ran into it, he gets knocked down, one more follow-up punch, and he's done. Okay, that's what happens when you try to fucking rush in and not dance around, quote-unquote, sir. So the finality of it and the nuance of it that it takes and the knowledge that it takes to be able to disseminate what's going on and what could happen and different styles going uh, against each other, I just think that's an art. And I appreciate, I've always appreciated the commentators because they've always pointed out things that I've never seen in fights. And now I find myself being able to point out these things too. I I see when someone's hurt, I could see little nuances i could see why aren't they throwing this anymore uh why are they limping on this you know and uh i just i want to be able to learn more i'm going to keep watching mma and i want to be able to do that as a career you know that's a goal that's a goal for sure and um i'm hitting about 45 minutes here so i'm gonna wrap it up quick uh my goal with this podcast again to be able to host open-ended discussion free form we don't have to do anything. We're just talking as people learning to conversate, being able to conversate, learning about one another and the information we know, looking up stuff, trying to broaden our knowledge and just kind of have discussions about things that we feel that we're passionate about or that are important. And sometimes I just want to bring my friends on here and have a good time. And that's why we're unfiltered here. Unfiltered speech. That's what I came up with. And I think that's what I'm going to stick with for the rest of the time that I'm doing this. And that's, Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Anyways, that's pretty much it. The quote that I gave, wisdom and character are forged in the fires of suffering. That is 100% original. And if it's not, I am sorry. But I just, I came up with that. So if you find that online from somebody else before me, I am sorry. I might have just seen it when drunk one day and just really held on to it. Um... Anyways, I will go more deeply into who I am and my personality and stuff like that, what I do in later podcasts. I just wanted to give a kind of a brief of what I'm going to go over, what my major passions are and what I want to do with my life. Just because you and, you know, the beginnings of my life, just because you just because you can't talk on the first podcast.
Jesus, man. Just so anybody listening gets a good sense of who I am if you don't already know me. If you ever have any business inquiries for me in terms of sponsorships, anything like that, I have a website. And if you want to learn more about me, if you want to read my writing, I've done some creative writing. I plan to do more soon. I'm kind of in a jumbled point of life right now, so I'm doing minimal writing at this point, trying to focus on getting this podcast up. So uh, if you want to hit me up in terms of writing, send me anything, business inquiries or not, you just want to talk to me, go to my website, johnramirezuf.com. And there's a form there where it will send an an email to me and I will get to that ASAP because I have not gotten any emails from that thing and I know people aren't really hitting my website too much, but things will grow. And whoever chooses to come on this journey with me, because I I just like to say that I said this on my website, I'm chasing my dreams and I just want to show anybody else that when you chase your dreams and you work hard, you will get there. So I hope... You know, anybody that's listening to this chooses to come with me on this journey. Um, And hey, I just hope to get to the top with positivity and and spreading information that's that's free, that's without restriction and that's vital to the greater good of humanity. You know, that's what we're about. I don't want to be about any negativity here. Uh, I want to be about criticism for sure, but never sheer arrogant or ignorant in negativity that's never allowed here in terms of my perspective um my website john ramirez uf.com j-o-n-r-a-m-i-r-e-z-u-f.com and you could hit me up on there with that email form you can take a look at my writing and other than that that has been my uh pilot cast ladies and gentlemen people of earth thank you for listening And have a wonderful day.